is this thing still on? It's been a while. This show's been on hiatus for a couple of months. I told you that Doug and I were going to put something together, the likes of which you had not ever seen before, and I still plan to do that. But it's not going to happen in the immediate future because I've got bigger things on my plate right now. So what I wanted to do was, well, something. And uh, Doug and I started talking, and he said, hey, um... Hey, remember the Deeper Thought podcast you did a couple of years ago? Doug and I decided that we could go through some of those episodes. Over the next several weeks, several months, you're going to get access to what you previously weren't able to. Hopefully, this little provocation will help you sell something that you haven't sold before. And uh, stay tuned for these episodes as they drop week over week. I think you're going to take something away from them. I know you're going to be entertained by them. And uh, I just, I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show. My name's Jeff Bajoric. I'm your host, and I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. Today, I've got a problem that I'm going to help you solve. That problem is the way you are reaching out to your prospects. You are reaching out to your prospects talking about your product instead of their problem. Again, you are talking about your product instead of their problem. And that is the biggest reason why you're not getting calls back. This is the curse of knowledge at work a little bit, kind of, maybe an, uh, uh, a tangent to that. But you've got all this context in the world because you work for a company that talks about the problems you solve, that talks about the products you have, and you start to drink that Kool-Aid, which you should, and you should have that fervor and that energy when you take that to the street and make these calls. Um, but your prospects, they don't see that the same way. They have a completely different point of view. They're not thinking about your product. They're not excited to hear about your product. So they don't care about your product. What they do care about is the problem that you can help them solve. But you weren't trained this way because most people aren't trained this way. You weren't trained to speak their language, to meet your prospect where they are. You were hoping to set a trap in a way for your prospect to be intrigued enough to ask you to pitch them. That's not how you do it. If your prospects were waking up every day thinking about your product, they wouldn't need you to call them. They wouldn't need the reminder of how much they want to do business with you. They would call you. Quite frankly, prospecting wouldn't be as big of a deal. It wouldn't be something that you were trying so hard to do. It wouldn't be something that most people struggle to do. It would be a lot easier. But the fact of the matter is, you're not trying to pitch a product. This is not a veiled attempt at a pitch. You're trying to connect with them over something that you can help them get over. They don't wake up every morning thinking about your product. They do wake up every morning thinking about the thing that is getting in their way from their ultimate success or getting in the way of their ultimate success. It's keeping them from that. So instead of expecting them to meet you where you are, do the right thing. Be the professional. Go meet them where they are. Ask questions about the problems they're having. Now, strange approach. Jeff, why am I asking questions? What if I can't get them on the phone? Hey, I don't use the phone, so how does this work for me? Bajoric, I'm tuning you out right now. No, here's the thing. Um, effective, provocative, proactive, professional prospecting, in my mind, 
is about asking questions and not expecting answers right away. It's about allowing the tension that is created by a very, very good question. It's, it's planting that seed and allowing it to germinate and allow it to grow into something. When you ask questions that demand answers but don't get them right away, that creates a little bit of, a te- of a tension in itself. When those questions are followed up by more questions, now all of a sudden you're starting to build credibility. You're starting to differentiate yourself. You're starting to show that you are someone worth talking to, that you've got something worth talking about by the questions you're asking to start a conversation. And the more of those questions that are asked that go unanswered, the more likely that prospect is like is, is going to say, um, mm, yeah, Pejoric is someone I should probably call. Yeah, I'm not seeing there are a lot of people calling me about this. There are a lot of people reaching out to me that want to sell me a solution just like what they have. But he's approaching it differently. Or she's approaching it differently. This is this is different. And so it might take you five, six, ten calls. It might take you several emails, social media touches. But if they're all provocative, they will create enough tension for you to get that meeting. But first and foremost, if you're not talking about the prospect's problem, if you're not meeting them where they are, your success rate goes through the floor. Look, you know how to prospect. I know you know how to prospect, but something still gets in your way. As a matter of fact, I've identified eight reasons that you and your team are not creating more sales opportunities. I put them together as a white paper to serve as a companion of this season of the Rethink the Way You Sell podcast. Go to jeffbajorek.com forward slash eight reasons to download your copy and the self-assessment that is included in that white paper so you know where you can make maximal impact right away to improve your prospecting results. Now back to the show. This is really, really fundamental stuff. But too many sales trainers, too many sales leaders, managers, VPs, whatever, are trying to help their reps seem like they're personalizing more than they actually are instead of encouraging them to meet their prospects where they are. That's problematic. This is exactly the way I prospect. This is how I do it. I call people, I ask them questions. And one of my favorite questions, this is one I'm going to give you because I love the way it, um, I love the way it unfolds. And it's a question like, how have you handled this? Fill in the blank. Your colleagues are talking about this. How are you addressing it? Where do you weigh in? Or I work with a lot of customers like you, a lot of clients like you. How have you managed to address this? Fill in the blank. And you can fill in the blank there. Let's, let's call this a worksheet. It's an audio worksheet, right? How have Mr. Prospect, Ms. Prospect, how have you handled fill in the blank? Question mark, end quote. They can answer in one of four ways. One, I'm aware of the problem. We solved the problem. Okay. If that's the case, I still ask for the meeting. 
And I asked, it's probably a shorter meeting. It's definitely a different meeting. But I say, really, that's interesting. Would you mind sharing with me what you did to accomplish that? And I mean, I love to hear a good success story. Would you be willing to share it? People like talking about their successes. So uh, there's value to that. And if I can learn something, that's a win for me because it's going to help me share best practices with further prospects, even if someone doesn't buy from me now. And it's also a way to build some rapport, make a connection on a very high emotional note. They're going to remember me fondly after that conversation. And oh, by the way, it's differentiated because no one takes the time to do this. It's worth it. You should take the time to do this. So even if they say they've already solved the problem, take the meeting, ask for the meeting. Okay. Number two is, ooh, yes, we have that problem. Not quite sure how to address it yet. Green light, I'm asking for a meeting. Mr. Prospect, would you mind if we spent just 20 minutes together, maybe early next week, I can share with you some best practices that I've learned from other clients and customers like you, as along with some of the ways that we have strategized to address those issues. If, if I promise to bring some insight to this meeting, that would be worth your time to hear, would you promise to keep that meeting with me next Tuesday at, say, 2.30? Uh, this is an opportunity. There's a green light for that opportunity. There's a reason to have that call. I know this person has that problem, and I know, I believe, that I can help them solve it, okay? The third way they can answer that question, the original question of how have you handled this, fill in the blank, is, wow, I didn't know we had that issue, except now that you mention it, we do green light, really green light. Now, not only do they acknowledge that they have the problem, but they just realized they had the problem because something that I brought to their attention. I get bonus points for that. Now I'm a thought leader. Now I'm a trusted advisor. Now I'm someone who has already created that information disparity that so many salespeople are after. I've got a different level of credibility and respect coming into that meeting next Tuesday at 2.30 for 20 minutes because I brought this to their attention. I'm also way ahead of the sale, which allows me to dictate the terms of the conversation, allows me to dictate the buying motives for this prospect, which allows me to control the conversation in such a way that I'm suggesting to them what should be most important in their decision-making process. There's nothing manipulative about this. It's about how I am positioning the way they can think about this. It's a really good advantage to have when you're selling. You want to be first to market in this prospect's brain. Now, the fourth way they can answer this question, going all the way back to the initial one, is, yeah, we don't have that problem. Or, um, yeah, we have it, but it's really not an issue or a priority. And, uh, no, we're just we're not interested. Okay, great. Can't win them all. They can't all be zingers. It's fine. So you move on. Cross them off your list. On to the next one. It's okay. There's plenty more where that came from. But asking that question is one that starts a meaningful conversation on their terms, where they're at. And because there are only so many ways they can answer it, you still feel like you have some control in the conversation. That's really beneficial. And it helps you make sure that you can move them to the next step. It gives you those opportunities. But again, if you're not using questions in your prospecting, if you're not remembering that more conversations are started with a question and, and recognizing that most conversations are ended <laughs> with a statement, why are you using so many statements in your, in your initial messages? 
Why aren't you asking more questions? Do you have a, do you have a dozen provocative, powerful questions to ask? Can you put together a full outbound cadence of 12 to 15 touches with 12 to 15 different questions? Think about the power if you could. Think about the power of an unanswered question. Think about the tension that creates. If you're not thinking about that, you're missing a huge opportunity. Okay. I hope you have thoughts. I hope you're thinking about this differently. And I hope you disagree with me. Quite frankly, send me a message, jb at jeffbajoric.com. I answer those emails. I respond to those emails. You're entitled to be wrong. This works. But hey, if you disagree with me, go ahead. Let's talk about it. I'm always interested in hearing another point of view. And just like I said a couple of minutes ago, when I hear something from somebody that teaches me something, it's a win. So if you're thinking differently, I hope you are then I appreciate that. And again, thanks for spending the last 11 or 12 minutes with me. And if you think I can help your team think differently about how they prospect, about how they start their sales processes, give me a call. You know how to get a hold of me and uh, we'll talk about making something happen. It'll be fun. So coming back at you with a great conversation about this topic with the one and only Mark Hunter. That's coming up in just a couple of days. Can't wait to share that conversation with you. Thanks again for being here. I will talk to you again real soon. Rethink the Way You Sell is a Pot About It production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajoric.